Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Awesome sauce. Praise God. Well, you ready to get into the Word? And I hope so. I don't think I'll get through all this today, so that's good news. But uh, but that's all right. It's good news for me, too, because that means I got stuff for next week, and I don't have to have to work so hard. Praise God. Hey, would you turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4? 2 Kings chapter 4. We'll take a look at verse 1 through 6 here. Amen. How many of you grew up poor? Did you grow up poor? Man, come on. I'm in good company here today. Man, I grew up poor. You didn't have money, but you weren't poor. Okay, yeah. Oh, there's a difference. There's, you know what lovely Linda gave me today? You know, I'm always passing out candy. She comes up, she gave me a, a bag of Pop Rocks, man. That, isn't that cool? That's awesome. Thank you, Linda. You know, I got told some lies when I was a kid. Do you ever get told, you ever go, uh, what is it, uh, skeet hunting or what is that all about? Oh, you call it snipe. You Oh, snipe. It's Ohio snipe. Oh, so you all went. Yeah, yeah. So you got lied to. Yeah, you got lied to too. All right, good, good. Lift you out there in the field, did they? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, in the bag? Oh, you got it? Yeah, because you're going to catch him. I'm going to go rustle him up. You're going to stay here and catch him. It's night. Yeah, you got lied to. You got lied to. I got lied to by my dad about Pop Rocks. He told me, son, didn't you know that a truck of Pop Rocks had a, had a hole in it and it rained really hard? And then the rain got inside the truck and the water got a hold of the Pop Rocks and blew the whole truck up. People lie to you, man. Didn't have the internet back then to check things out. Anyways, thank you, Linda. You're awesome. Anyways, that's good. That's good. And you're wondering, what does this have to do with anything? Nothing. 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 Yeah, I grew up poor. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning. I want to talk to you about poverty. I want to talk to you about how the Spirit of the Lord destroys and demolishes lack in your life. God wants to, God wants to give your life abundance. But it's in many different areas. And I think something about our culture equates poverty or lack uh, with finances. And, and there's there's many different types, and I grew up with many different types. I want to talk to you about that a little bit. What you know, one of the things that, about my life growing up that was was so tough. We were we were so poor. <laughs> this is the best congregation ever. <laughs> like on cue, it's like we had a meeting before service, and you guys just knew what to do. You guys are awesome. We were so poor. We didn't have we didn't have an animal to play with us, but but a dead cat, and so and then we had to share it. That's all we had. My brother and I had to share a dead cat. Now, how many of you know that was catastrophic? Come on, that... <laughs> you know we were so poor. I could barely pay attention, and and you know what else? When we got around the ducks, the ducks threw bread at us, man. That's how poor we were. 
Now, I ain't going to lie. We, we were. I, I, I grew up that way. I, I knew what that was all about. I had a, um, there's pictures of me as a little kid. I had a dresser drawer as a, as a crib. Uh, I, I knew what it was like. I had several birthdays where we couldn't afford a birthday cake. And so my dad would go out and with what little money he had, he would go. I, I really loved, do you, do you have uh, Ruffles Ridges? You know what I'm talking about, Ruffles Ridges? He would go out because I love that kind of potato chip. And I love Ruffles has ridges, you know. And I, he would go out and get the Ruffles and, and bring them. We, I'd have a bag of chips for my birthday. No, 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 no. I know. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It was tough, though. And I remember what that was like. I remember going to school and realizing that there were kids that, um, that wore different clothes than I did, you know. And I knew what it was like at that moment to see that I was different, that what I was experiencing in my life was not the same as what other people are experiencing in their lives. And, and a- after a while, I got into a little bit of a comparison trap, and it started to work on my mind a little bit, you know. And, 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 and when I came to know Christ, uh, uh, how many of you know the Lord can heal you of that? He can. But after a while, you can start to get that poverty spirit. You can start to get that impoverishment into your life in many different areas. And uh, I didn't have a lot growing up as a kid at all. But what I did have uh, was a father who, uh, who educated me in God's Word. And uh, my father passed away uh, about three years ago, and I didn't know these things existed in his house. He, he had held on to um, all of the papers that I had wrote on biblical subjects. I was studying pneumatology, I was studying uh, soteriology, eschatology. I was studying Christology, ecclesiology at seven. And my dad, he would go out and buy the deepest books there were. He would go out and get all of these uh, tapes. Used to be this ministry called Southwest Radio Church that he'd listen to on on his truck routes. He was a trucker. And then he would come home and buy all of these deep books. And then he'd say, okay, boy, you want your allowance? You know, he'd come up and he'd have that big big Harley Davidson wallet that'd be about this long and had a big chain that would come around to here. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And he, that truck would pull up and it, you'd hear this air brakes with it. And I'd be like, oh, cool. Dad's on. I want my allowance. He'd say, hey boy, you want your allowance? Did you read those books? I'm like, yeah, I did. And what he'd have me do is he'd have me read these books and he'd have me write these reports. And my wife had put them all in a booklet for me. But these are books that I, uh, that I read and I wrote reports on. Deep stuff. I was studying the eschatology in, in the book of Daniel at eight years old. And, and, and so I had to write all this stuff. Well, my dad, when he passed away, I went into his house and was looking around, and he kept them all. And so, so even though um, I grew up without a lot, how many of you know I was rich? There, there, are, different, there are different types of disparity. You, you, you need to understand because, you know, as a pastor, it's really hard to preach a message on this because you think, you know, there's some people that will pull up to your church in a brand new car and some have to walk here. And you start to think, well, how in the world can I preach this same message to all those different types of people? Some people are in the top tax bracket and some people, they, they, they've been without a job for years. But everybody can experience some level of disparity. And I've learned this as a pastor over the years, that some people may be rich in finances, but they're impoverished in their health. And some people, they may have a, they may have a, 
a lot of uh, richness in their health, but they're impoverished in their family. And other people, they're dealing with poverty in another area. They're, they're lacking joy. You might have, and someone else may have lots and lots and lots of joy, but very little responsibility and very little impact that they can leave on the world. You see, everybody is in the same boat. The devil doesn't like have favorites. He's coming. Listen, when, when Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 9, he says, the thief comes for no other reason but to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not, he's not saying just for some people, just for this person in this particular status quo, but he leaves everybody else alone. The thief is after everybody. He wants to steal from everyone. We'll get to, back to that in a little bit. When The reason why God calls him a thief because he, he's not, uh, he doesn't have legal access. Thief, a thief doesn't have legal access. He, a thief breaks in. You understand? That's different than being robbed. You see, when you rob somebody, you do it face to face. That's why when the Bible says, you robbed me of my ties, God's saying, you're not a thief. You robbed me because you have to do it face to You hear me? But the devil doesn't rob. He steals. He breaks in where there is an authority and he wants to take what does not belong to him. And if you're experiencing lack in any area, He's up to that. He's the culprit. And, and I kind of want to show you that here this morning because when we think about the richness of God and how much He wants to give it to you, we miss out that God wants to give abundance in every area of your life. And, and, and this is what's going to happen in this story. God shows up and brings abundance, but He does it in a way that's, that's very um, ironic. He does it in a way that's unexpected, but that's our God. That's our God. Hey, let's read the text. Second uh, Kings chapter four, verse one. One day, the widow, one of Elisha's fellow prophets, came to Elisha and cried out to him, "My husband, who served you, is dead. My husband, who served you, is dead. Who is this husband?" I want to give you a little bit of, bit of background here. Uh, scholars say that this is probably her husband is probably Obadiah. Obadiah was a really cool prophet. Obadiah was a wealthy man. We read this scripture all the time and think this poor widow had experienced lack her entire life, but that's not what was going on. She had wealthy moments. She had blessed moments. Her husband was a wealthy man. Then where did all the money go? Well, scholars say that during Elijah's time, we had a Ahab and Jezebel moment, and they were after a hundred prophets, and they were seeking to kill them. And what Obadiah did was, is he hid those hundred prophets away and he paid for the expense to care for them and in the process gave everything he had, even his own life, so that those prophets could remain. Well, what had happened after that? His wife now had no one to care for her, no one to provide for her. And now she is in a different season. I, I told you the devil picks on everybody. Stop the comparison trap. Stop the comparison game. It's not like, you know, it's not like because I've done a bunch of good things and I'm a really good person and, and, and I'm in the ministry and I've done a lot of things in the ministry for the Lord and I've given a lot for the Lord that the devil goes, okay, you're exempt. She wasn't exempt. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Jesus telling a parable in a story, he says simply this, 
The wise man built his house upon a rock, and the foolish man built it upon the sand, and the rain came down on them both. It came on them both. So it, 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 it's, it's not about God picking one or the other or the devil picking one or, or the other. The story and the moral of it is the foundation. What they built the house upon. Not circumstance, but their foundation. And Jesus says, make your foundation sure because rain's coming for everybody. And how many of you know, if you're in a season of rain, this too shall pass. There's an Aunt Jemima for you. It'll pass. It'll pass. And God says, just build it on the rock. Build it on the rock. The rain will come, but you'll last. Amen? So it says this, My husband who served you is dead, and you know that he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. That was something that happened during that time. If, uh, if you owed a lot of money, uh, you could be carried off. It, it was actually legal at that time to go ahead and be a slave indebted, an indentured servant, that not dentures, but indebted servant, and you would pay off your debts that way. She says, now my, my social security, my sons, in the culture of that day, that was social security. You wanted to have a son. Well, she had two of them, and they would provide for her, but I owe so much that these, my two boys are coming to take them. I want you to see this. He says in verse 2, What can I do to help you? Elijah asks. And have you ever answered a question with a question? What can I do to help you? She says nothing yet, and then Elijah goes ahead and asks his own question and answers it with a question. He says, What can I do to help you? What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? <laughs> hmm. Tell me what you have in the house. Father God, in the name of Jesus this morning, help me as your servant communicate this word in such a way that God, every person here this morning will have the opportunity by your spirit to be set free and blessed. Blessed abundantly, God. Overflowing so that, God, we can be givers and lovers. And God, bless the lives in the empty vessels around us in this community. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. So he says, what do you got in the house? What do you got? And I love what happens next. She's like, what do I got? Listen, you, what, have you been listening to me? I ain't got nothing. You know, hey, listen, I don't have anything. And if I did have it, it's already on eBay. It's, it's already out there. Uh, what, why are you asking me, what do I got? What, what do I have? Listen, you know, you're, you're great at talking, but you're not so good at listening. I just told you. I lost my husband. I'm about to lose my children. I've lost all my money. And you know, that's, that's, that's the trick of the enemy. But let me teach you something here, okay? Um, the gifts of God, you know, and he's the father of lights. Every good and perfect thing comes down from him, right? From the father above. Right? So the gifts of God are also, the Bible says, without repentance. In other words, God gives you gifts and he doesn't change his mind about them. They're yours. The devil can't come in and, 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 and take from you what you won't allow him to take. That's yours. 
But a trick, and it's an old, it's an old one, man. It's a nasty one. A trick is to get you to begin to believe that what little you do have isn't worth anything. It's worth nothing. And I want to tell you this morning, whatever you do have in your life that's been given to you by God, it ain't nothing. It's something. And that's where God's going to begin. She says, I have nothing in my house, and I love this word, except, everybody say except. Except. Her except became exceptional. What she did have God was able now to use. She says, all I have in my house is nothing except a jar and a little bit of oil. A vessel and some oil. And the prophet says, that's just what God wants to use. You know, just like with me, what do I have in my life? I had nothing, nothing except the Word of God planted in my heart at seven. Having no idea that this little poor boy grew up in a home that's highly dysfunctional, filled with drugs and abuse, would someday use that same exception exceptionally to preach to people who will become exceptional leaders in God's kingdom. Can you give God some praise or... I had no idea that my exception would be exceptional. But he did. And he made sure that it was there. And he made sure that it's in your life too. I have nothing but a jar of oil. That's all I've got. And the prophet says, yeah, that's exactly what God wants to use. You know, when I think about containers or vessels, we, we minimize the containers because we maximize the contents. We love to get things in containers. I hope you do. Listen, when I, when I go to a restaurant, I, I, I don't ask for water. I ask for a glass of water. Come on. I want it in a glass. I don't want to pour it in my lap. I want a cup of coffee. You don't get coffee. You get a cup of coffee. We minimize the container. And we maximize the contents. But your God is into the container as much as he's into the contents. All she had was a vessel. Later on in the story, we're going to find out that what half 50% of the miracle was a bunch of empty vessels. And those got filled too. Are you with me? And we think of our lives and we say, you know, God, I'm not worth much. I, what am I really worth? What, what Have you ever ordered a pizza before? Now, don't worry, there's not one in here. But, but have you ever ordered a pizza? Could you imagine if a man came to your door, and the pizza guy came to your door, you're all ready to give him the tip, dog's barking, everybody's going nuts, it's pizza time, come on. And yeah, yeah. So the Domino's guy comes to your door, and he brings to you a pizza, but he doesn't bring it in a box. Now think about this. You got a piece of paper. So give me that bulletin right there. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Good, 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 good. Okay. He just comes in and it's all dripping and nasty and gooey. The cheese is falling off. Anchovies. That's gross, by the way. Don't order anchovies on your pizza. You need to get saved. Who does that? 
Help me now. And it comes in. Tomatoes are all falling off. Sauce is all falling off. He's got his filthy paws all over your pizza. And he's, here's your pizza. And the first thing ought to come out of your mouth is, what's you talking about, Willis? Where's the box? You got a box? You got a box? 39-cent box. I ordered a pizza. I want it in a box. I want the container. Not just the contents. Yeah, the box is only worth 39 cents, but what's inside is worth so much more, especially when you're hungry. And when it's the pizza you like. Now, there's Chicago-style pizza. There's New York-style pizza. There's L.A.-style pizza. I've had pizza all over the world. And let me tell you something. As long as it's got cheese, and as long as it's got sauce, and as long as long as it's got good dough, I don't care which pizza it is. Give it to me. But give it to me in a box. I don't want your grubs all over it. The box, 39 cents. But now it's worth so much more because of the contents connecting with it inside. You're worth more to God than you realize. Think about this for a second. You were worth the price of his son. Now, if that don't bake your noodle or fry an egg in your head, I don't know what will. You were worth the blood of Jesus Christ. So don't look in the mirror and say, I'm worthless, I'm nobody, I'm, you know. And there's a lot of that bad preaching and teaching going around. Saying, well, I, I'm not worth anything. I'm not, but praise God, God, God loves me. Yeah God, yeah, God, you're not worth anything. When, when, when the Father looks at you, He says, I paid a high price for that. You're worth my son. So we, we, we overvalue and undervalue the contents and the container matter. Let me go a little bit farther. How many of you, how many of you know Miss PJ's wife over there? You, you know who she is? You know where she's at? Yeah. Hi. She makes these, Teresa makes these really cool bags. Blessed is the woman who walks with God. That's awesome. She makes these cool bags, and I got a bunch of them in my house. This is what I do grocery shopping in now. You know what I'm talking about? When you go to, you get $50, $75. Some of you, you got kids, so, and some of you got boys that are kids, so you spend $300 on groceries. Okay? And they're eating you out of house and home. And I used to, oh, I used to complain about that, but let me tell you something. I would, I wish my grocery bill would go back up and my kids would come back. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Anybody? Any empty nesters? Man. Well, I go to the grocery store and they give me the peas, they give me the carrots. I want the bag. Give me a bag. Now, 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 some, some, some of them will tell you, it paper or plastic. Paper or plastic. I don't care which it is. Just give me something to put it in. The container matters. It, doesn't it? Unless you go to Aldi's. You don't know any about, anything about Aldi's, do you? Man, I go to Aldi's. You know what I'm looking for? Where's those empty boxes? Yeah, yeah, cause, cause, cause listen, I know I gotta put this in something, and so my wife will go pay for it, and then I'll go scrounging through the store, and come back with a bunch of empty boxes, right? And, and I take all the stuff out of them, those boxes. <laughs> I do. I do. That's so wrong. I, I'm just giving someone a job. You know, I want people to be employed. Go to all these, man. You get, you get your box, cause you wanna carry that stuff home. The container counts. 
Not just the contents. The container counts. She says, I got just a, I got just a vessel, a jar with a little bit of oil. I want to talk to you a little bit about how many of you, I went to, I went to Rite Aid again this morning. They love me over at Rite Aid. Sunday morning Rite Aid. Come on. And I picked me up some work gloves. I said, you got any work gloves? They said, yeah, we got some feminine ones, some garden work gloves. I was like, I need to do a little bit more planning. But I went over to Rite Aid and I picked up these, these garden work gloves. And th these are awesome, aren't they? How many of you like to get stuff done? Yeah, yeah, you like to get some stuff done. And work gloves are, are pretty great, but work gloves illustrates the, the potential of what I'm trying to preach this morning. I, I want you to see that your life and my life has the potential to do great works for God. You have the potential as a container to do great things for God's kingdom. Yeah. But, but, but listen, it's not going to happen by just, you know, laying your, your body across the word of God like this. You're not going to be able to grasp what's in this word until the living hand or the living power of God, come on now, the living, I'll even put an orange feminine glove on this morning, until the living hand comes inside and possesses that container comes inside and moves in that container. It comes inside and now a $7 work glove can get $700,000 worth of work done. But here's what we do in church. We say, well, it's all about containers, pastor. You know, it is. I like, I like containers. And look at our church. It's got more containers. That must mean that our church is doing better. And people will walk up to me and say, pastor, have you seen all the new containers? Yeah, there's a lot of new containers here. Boy, I love containers. Containers are awesome. And, and you know, what we do is, is, you know, we say, well, maybe it's all about getting containers together. So let's get lots of different containers together and let's have fellowship. Let's have all kinds of gloves together and let's, let, let's call that fellowship. And that'll keep the church growing and doing mighty works for God. No, it won't. Until a living hand, until living contents comes in, come on, until living contents comes inside of the container, it's just seven bucks. What gives it priceless value is the connection of the container with the contents. Are you getting this today? And I want you to see it's not just the oil. We know what oil's all about. Come on, Pentecostals. Come on, Pentecostals. We know what oil's all about. We know that it represents the Holy Spirit. We know that in the Old Testament that not only kings, but also priests were anointed with oil. We know that the Old Testament says that the oil of God is poured down upon Aaron and it drips down from his beard and then it covers the rest of his clothes. And we know that that represents how God wants to from headship and his son, Jesus Christ, his last name, Christos, anointed. That's what that means, by the way. Meshach in Hebrew, means anointed one. He is the head of the church, but the church isn't going without oil because if the head and the beard is covered in oil, so are you. And we know that Jesus taught us this when he said, hey, there's 10 virgins and some of them kept their lamps trimmed and they kept their lamps filled with Come on, you ought to know this in Finley. You ought to know all about oil. 
right? But what bugs me is we put a high value, and we should, on the contents of oil. But we don't put a high value on the containers. This container had just a little bit of oil, and that's all it took. You see, because in the widow's understanding of what God is doing here prophetically, she begins to move from poor, P-O-O-R, to poor. Wow, you can spell. See, the devil will get you to despise your exceptional exception. I wonder who I'm talking to. Well, this is, I've got nothing. Except, well, do you have nothing? Your exception ain't nothing. And she moved in her spirit from P-O-O-R to P-O-U-R. And when the prophet told her, go out and get empty containers, this must have sounded crazy. But she goes out and she gets these containers, brings them into her house. I love what the, the Bible tells us. She shuts the door behind her. How many times did you know that Jesus healed people and people were healed in the Bible? And Jesus says, hey, listen, by the way, here's the first problem. There's too many people in here that doubt. So all the people need to get out of the room so I can raise this little girl. Sometimes you've got to shut the door behind you because what God is leading you to do by faith won't make sense to anybody but you and God. You just obey God. You don't worry about the crowd. You worry about Christ. Be concerned about what Christ has told you to do. She shuts the door. She begins to move from P-O-O-R to P-O-U-R. And as she pours out, these empty containers are filled. Now, I want to address some, some, some Pentecostal theology that's incomplete. The Pentecostal idea that we need to get ourselves in a service and God needs to pour out His Spirit on us once again, and that's how we'll get more oil. That is, that is incomplete. See, because until you're ready to pour out, oh, come on, come on. You got oil already. Well, give us fresh oil, Lord. God says, I will as soon as you make room. Any empty containers in your neighborhood? Any empty containers that are surrounding this church? Any en empty containers out there? Listen, the oil continued to flow as long as there were empty containers. The oil stopped. Is this too much? The oil stopped as soon as there were no more empty containers. God wants to give more contents. But God is wondering who is willing to, in the midst of their area of impoverishment, pour out what oil He's already given. I had to learn this the hard way. Because growing up the way that I did, I thought that someday I had to be financially set in order to become a giver. And I didn't realize that it was in becoming a giver that I became financially blessed. Oh, I'm not just talking about that. I'm not talking about that. Come on, I'll go other areas. I had to learn the hard way that even though I grew up in a spiritual um, lack of joy, that if I didn't learn how to bring joy to others, I would never know the pouring out of joy myself. 
You see, the devil, watch this, watch this. The devil can't take my ministry. But I could forfeit it. You understand? I could forfeit it the, the moment I stop pouring out. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but, but in your area of lack, you have got to learn to pour out what oil you have. <laughs> and if it's not enough to meet your need, make it your seed. You know I've said that. You pour it out. So you walk up to somebody, even in the midst of feeling dumpy and frumpy, and you go encourage them, and then somehow you're encouraged. This is how God pours out His Spirit. He says, start with what I've already given you and pour it into someone or some container that's empty. And then as you begin to pour out, I'll not only make sure that that container's filled, I'll make sure that your container's filled. He says, hey, listen, don't worry about the oil. There's plenty. I'll keep giving it. Just make sure you pour. Don't let the devil tell you that it's about P-O-O-R. It's not. It's about P-O-U-R. You pour out. You pour out. Um, I got lots more to preach, but I want to land the plane on a little understanding on how heaven did this. Because this, the Bible is replete with this story. It happens over and over and over and over and over again. Whether it's, uh, whether it's the prophet hanging out with a, the widow and, and it's about pancakes, right? And a little bit of oil. It, th this is over and over and over and over again. But, but, I, but I feel led of the Spirit to give us a little bit of time at the end of the service. And I feel led of the Spirit to, to help us understand how, how heaven has demonstrated this through the Father, Son, Jesus Christ. Can I do that? Can I have five minutes and tell you how that works? Okay. So, in the beginning, the Bible says the earth was without form. Then God made the earth and formed it. That's a container. That's a container. Watch this. First God forms. First God what? He makes sure there was a container first. Then God fills. <laughs> he says, let us make man in our own image. And by the way, be fruitful and multiply. God is into fullness. So am I. That's why I do a second or trip or a third trip at the buffet. Come on, I am. Not just me. I'm into being full. A little too much. First God formed, then He fills. He, he'll show up, He'll make the container first, then His greatest desire is to make sure the container is full. Not partway, not halfway, not a little way, full in every area of your life. So He creates Adam. He creates Eve. He says, look, we're going to fill this. We're going to fill what I've formed. Stay with me. Then the enemy shows up illegally. He does not have legal access. And I'll tell you why. Because he wasn't born here. I wonder if you're still with me. He wasn't born here. That's illegal access. And he went and found a container, a serpent. Possessed it because this is the way the spiritual realm manifests into the natural realm. It needs a body. It needs something living and breathing that has been born here. Are you with me? So the enemy shows up in a serpent. Back then it walked. God cursed it. Now it slithers. Shows up and deceives these people into giving up the authority they have and robs them, actually 
thief, he steals from them their authority. Now we got a problem. Because God didn't show up as the second Adam, fully born, fully man. Are you with me? He, he, He shows up as a baby. He's born. He comes in a box. (laughs) He's God in a bod. He comes in a container. And and in Colossians, it says, in that box was the fullness of God bodily. And all of hell starts to scratch its head. What are these angels talking about? What's this jazz about? Unto you a child is born. He has legal access. You see, if I'm not born in the United States, I don't have legal access. I'm an alien. So Jesus shows up legally born. He's a vessel. He shows up as that vessel full. (laughs) Can I tell you that the Bible says that Jesus was full of God without measure. He he was full of God's spirit without measure. It, It was so, you couldn't measure how much of God was in that container. And all these miracles begin to happen. All this, and hell scratches his head and says, we got to do something about that container. We got to do something about that container. I hadn't intended to do this because I love dominoes. But he was beaten. He was bruised. He was crushed. And all hell says, we got it. We can take care of the contents because we took care of the container. And he died. His, that container was broken. And the, the contents spilled out. And he died. And all of hell threw a burn dance. They had a hoedown. do do The whole, you, you remember gym class. You remember that goofy gym teacher would come in and play the, <laughs> play the album. I got kicked out of gym class one time because he put the square dance album on, and when he wasn't looking, I went over there and did some scratching. You don't know what that's about. You're out. White kid. Two turntables and a microphone. And all hell says, we got the body. We got the container. The container's put away. (laughs) We're good now. We're back in charge. (laughs) 72 hours later. (laughs) And in the meantime, he goes and takes the keys to death and hell. Listen, stop making the devil out to be so bad. He ain't so bad. He don't even have keys to his own house. How bad can he be? How bad can he be? He don't even have the keys, man. You let somebody mess with your house, you have authority. You've been blessed. You're full. And God's going to use what little you have to give you even more. He raises from the dead. And all of hell says, what do we do now? The body's back. The body, the container's back. (laughs) And if it opens up again, we're really in trouble. But the body ascends. 
And it's almost like if you're playing for the wrong team, it's almost like you look at that moment and you say, oh, okay, good. He's gone again. He's gone again. The container's gone. Therefore, the contents is gone. And in the ascension, he goes up to the Father. And after 40 days, he appears. He's, he's up. He's gone. Good. All of hell goes, good. We got it. We're fine. We're fine. That, that container, the pizza box is back at Domino's. Ten days later. Oh, I thought you'd shout. Oh, I have to explain it. I have to explain. He's back. And now, <laughs> there's 120 pizza boxes. And they're all full. <laughs> Woo! Man, can you smell what God's cooking? Wait a minute. Every one of them got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead on, on the inside of them. And they start pouring out wherever they go. And the dead arise, man, and people are healed. And hell is cast out. Demons is cast out. And it, it's not just one of them we got to worry about now, boys. It's hundreds. It's thousands. It's millions. I'm just a 39-cent container. <laughs> You got any oil? You know, you need to check your oil. I don't know how you got here today, but I hope your car had oil. You got oil. And the deceiver wants you to believe you ain't got nothing. But a little bit of oil in a container ain't nothing. One man came and through 12 guys became 120 and through 120 became millions. And now this whole earth is beginning to become full of his glory. Stop telling me what the devil is doing. I'm telling you what God's doing is greater. It's not just a 39 cent container. <laughs> the contents on the inside when it comes out will change the world. As the worship team comes, couldn't we take a little bit of time? Maybe you'd like to come at the altar. Maybe you'd like to be right where you're at. It's fine. God's present in this room. But I wonder if we could get a little bit of pouring out in this place. You say, well, I want something poured in. You pour first. You, you pour first. You say, well, I came in here a little bit, of, a little bit poor in spirit this morning. That's okay. That's all right. God says the kingdom belongs to you, didn't he? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom.